Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It was incredible. I woke up the next morning and newspapers were getting in contact with me, radio stations. I'm like, what? That's when I was like, wow, this is this is massive. What you saw there was the result of total incompetence by the board and the manager. What is going on at this club? I've had a fucking enough. A lot of people have never really seen it before like that, where a fan could openly speak his mind and be critical of some of the things that he'd seen going on around the club. About who? About my what? About my black client! My fucking brother! Man, I've come from no money. Yeah, my parents come to this country with, with nil. If I'm a billionaire, though, I will try and buy Arsenal. <laughs> if I make it to that level, I'll put in a bid in. I want Arsenal. <laughs> Before we start this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in your podcast app to never miss an episode. All right, Arsenal Fan TV is one of my favorite football channels on YouTube. Not because I'm an Arsenal fan, but because their videos are always on filter. They change the game when it comes to football fan representation on YouTube and social media. Arsenal Fan TV, or AFTV as they call themselves nowadays, became famous for rents by Arsenal fans in 2013. And since then, it has grown into a little football media empire. If you've never seen or heard one of these rants, you definitely should. We'll hear some in this podcast as well. The man behind it all is Robbie Lyle, aka Don Robbie, a big black and beautiful man who simply loves Arsenal and knows how to talk with its fans. I want to know everything about the rise of AFTV and the struggles Robbie had to deal with along the way, so I reached out to Robbie to get the full story. It's an inspiring story about Jamaican immigrants, reggae, football banter, Arsenal, racism, hard work and building your own media empire. Robbie Lau, the man behind AFTV, has his own recording studio nowadays. So when I reached out to him for this podcast, his sound quality was amazing. My name is Sam van Raalte, and welcome to the Home of Football, a podcast by 433. Hi, Robbie. You're right, how are you doing? Can you hear everything clear and 
Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you very well, man. This is actually the best sound quality I've heard on this program yet because you, it looks like you got a great mic there. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do a few of these. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you based? I'm in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Have you ever been to the Netherlands? Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't been recently, actually, but I, I have been there before. Nice place. After some small talk, we got into it. This is Robbie's background. His parents immigrated from Jamaica to England and settled in London. Robbie had a good childhood, growing up with three brothers. His father was always watching sports, football, cricket, rugby, boxing. Robbie and his brothers grew up loving every bit of it. It's probably where the AFTV stuff comes from, even from then, is that we'd always be arguing about football, about all sports. We'd always be, there'd be big debates in my house all the time. Um, I remember my mum always coming in and saying, telling us to be quiet. My mum always complaining that is the the only thing on TV is the only sport that you lot ever watch anything else. So, no, it was great. I think that's where I got my love of sport and love of football from, from those early days of growing up, my brothers and my dad. A cousin of Robbie took him to an Arsenal game when he was a kid. Robbie was impressed by the Highbury Stadium and the pace of the players. He fell in love with the club. Whenever he had money, he would go to the games. His father never went with him, though for a very sad reason. Even though my dad was really, really into sport, really, really into football, because of all the racism that existed around football in those times, he just was like, nah, I'm not going. I watch it on TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going for someone to racially abuse me, spit at me, you know, and I'm going to get involved in any fights or anything like that. So he never went. And as a matter of fact, they were kind of like my mum as well. They were kind of, when I used to go to football, they they weren't too, you know, they didn't stop me from going football, but they weren't overjoyed about me going to football because, you know, they just thought, what if you go there and you're confronted with hooliganism and you're confronted with racism, we're worried that you're going to get into trouble. Because I'm, I've always been that sort of person that I'm not taking it. I'm not going to have nobody coming up and calling me any racially abusing me and that. I'm coming back, <laughs> right? So they worried a lot about that, you know? So, um, and I think a lot of parents who had like black children at that time, because it was a time where there was a lot of racism at football. I mean, I went and I saw it every single week. It wasn't too bad at Arsenal because Arsenal had quite a lot of uh, black fans But there was a lot of other clubs. There were certain clubs in London where there was a lot of racism attached to them at that time. There was clubs up north and um, the northern parts of um, England that, you know, they really had serious racism problems. So it was sometimes a very uncomfortable place to go to. But I just loved Arsenal so much. I loved the players. There was players on that pitch like Ian Wright that were my absolute heroes. And I just looked at players like that and I'm just like, they represent me. Kevin Campbell... Paul Davis, these guys, I was like, they're where I'm from. They dress like how I dress. They got the swagger like how we've got. You know what I mean? They're our guys. So I've, I just wanted to see them. So Robbie loved Arsenal, but that was not his only love as a youngster. Robbie loved music as well, reggae specifically. And he was good at performing it as well. Yeah, well, I was really heavily into music because um, my brother had a sound system. And um, from a very young age, that was my other love. I started to be like a like an MC, and I had a talent for it. You know, what I mean, I dis- um, discovered at like quite an early age, I had a talent for it. And then I started like touring around with the sound system all around the UK, 
and started to build up quite a reputation for myself as, you know, having a lot of lyrics and very talented reggae artists. And then I um, eventually made a, a couple of uh, records. And one of the records that I made is a tune called Proud To Be Black. Of course, now you want to know what Robbie sounded like as a reggae artist. Here it is, Crucial Robbie with the song Proud To Be Black. Now this one dedicated to all the black money men of the world who don't proud to be black. Because black people in this world, we should be proud to be black. And I'm gonna tell you why. Hey, hey. Anything me say, wanna say, proud to be black. Anything me say, wanna say, proud to be black. Anything me say, wanna say, proud to be black. Anything me say, wanna say, proud to be black. Because proud to be black, proud to be black, 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 proud to be black, or I be proud to be black. Follow me now, proud to be black, proud to be black. It blew up, you know what I mean? It was massive. It was like number one in the in the UK reggae charts. It was massive all around Europe. I remember I used to tour all around Europe. You asked me earlier about if I've been to Amsterdam. I've been to Amsterdam to perform. I performed uh, um, in Jamaica, a reggae sunsplash, which was like a huge, at that time it was the biggest reggae concert in the world. I performed on that, I performed in America. And so I just used to go around and perform. It'd be, a lot of times it'd be like, I'd miss games because I'm performing. Or if I had like a show the night before, but it was a game the day after, I'd wake up, go watch a game. Then in the evening now, Saturday night, we'd be performing again. So, but it was a great time. I loved, I, I loved especially like the early to mid 90s. I was doing a lot of performing, went by the name of them times of Crucial Robbie. What makes me laugh sometimes, and it's funny enough, even yesterday I was in a, um, I was in a restaurant and a guy came up to me. And he come up and he, you know, I get people who come up to me all the time. But this guy came up to me, shook my hand and he goes, big up Crucial Robbie. And he goes, yo, he goes, I ain't coming to see, he goes, yo, he goes, I ain't like all these other men, you know. He goes, I ain't coming to you as Robbie Lyle, AFTV. He says, I'm coming to you as Robbie, proud to be black, sovereign, reggae days. I was like, what? And then the guy just started chatting to me about like, he was just reeling off my past, man. I was like, wow, you know, it's really, it's really cool. So I thought it's kind of like I've had two, two lives in a way. Like that, that life was my early part and I, I loved it. It was really, really good. And I think a lot of that as well, a lot of um, that set me in good stead for what I do now because, you know, I used to perform in front of a lot of people and the reggae industry is very demanding, you know. If you go up on stage and you're rubbish, they will tell you. You're rubbish. They, 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 I mean, there's, there's no middle ground. You know what I mean? They will tell you, get off the stage. You know what I mean? You might even get bottled or something like that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, reggae was very demanding. And also, you know, um, having to navigate that industry in those days was very difficult sometimes. You know what I mean? You had a few little shady characters in there and stuff like that. So I learned a lot growing up in that industry. Yeah, it was good times. Here's a live recording from Crucial Robbie performing a song against sniffing cocaine. Crucial Robbie was the man. But after a while, the music started to fade. Robbie got a job as a building surveyor, checking building structures and stuff. Robbie liked it, but Robbie always had an entrepreneurial spirit. He started little clothing shops, market stores. He was always cooking up new ideas. He wanted to do stuff. And then he had an idea. How about a YouTube channel by and for Arsenal fans? 
the idea came from, I had a friend of mine called Coogan, who's, who's got a boxing channel, a very successful boxing channel called IFL TV. But me and him go back years. I mean, years ago, we used to uh, run a nightclub together. That was another thing that I did as well. <laughs> right. So we ran this nightclub together. Um, it started off all right, and then it didn't go too good in the end, right? So we ended up losing a load of money together. But we were still great friends. And we, he's a massive Arsenal fan, and we used to go to games together. We used to go to Highbury together. I saw him set up this boxing channel on YouTube, and it was really good. And I'm saying to him, I was going, yo, Coogan, why don't you, you know, I think we should do something similar to what you're doing there, but for Arsenal, you know what I mean? I go, we're both passionate Arsenal fans. You know, why don't we do something for, for Arsenal? And he was like, yeah, but Robbie, you don't have, because he has access to all the boxers and boxing promoters and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, you're not going to get access to all the players and things. Like that. I said, no, nah, but I, don't. I said to him, I'm go, Coogan, I don't want access to players. What I want to do is speak to fans. I like to speak to fans and get their opinions. Because I go, you know what it's like. You go to a football game. There's so many different opinions around a game of football. You know, my man in a match is always different to your man in a match and stuff like that. So, yeah, he at the time couldn't really do it because he was so busy with his channel. As I said, it was very successful. Even then, them times, it was really blowing up. So I just decided that, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. I, to be honest, at that time, I didn't know how because I, I had no experience in social media. Um, I didn't even have a, a Twitter account or nothing. I didn't have any experience in filming either. I, I went to, I remember I went to this men's conference and uh, the, the speaker there was talking about um, how you should execute ideas. Don't just have ideas and let them go to waste. And I remember he was saying at this conference, he goes, I challenge every man in here when you go home to execute your plans and your idea. And I was like, this guy, he's like, he's talking to me. And I just said, right, I'm doing it. Robbie then approached another friend he had from the nightclub days, a man called Tao Weitzer, to help him set up his website. Tao also happened to know a little bit about filming. So after he set up the website, Tao asked Robbie if he could help him with filming as well. I was like, yeah. And then like... I teamed up with him and then we, you know, we borrowed the equipment and we just went down to the Emirates and just started filming people, started interviewing fans. And yeah, just from there, that is literally as simple as that. That is how it took it on, how it went. My plan at the beginning was just to do home games, but I was so infused and happy after the first home game. You know, we were getting like a hundred views for some videos and things like that. We were like, yes, right. So I was like, well, let's try an away game the week after and see what that's like. And then we went and did an away game and that went down really well. And then, you know, people in the comments were saying things like, oh, you know, what? I didn't realize what it was like at an away game until I seen this video. And that, from I saw those sort of comments, I just said, right, we're going to do every single game. And again, at that time, I didn't know how, because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get the money to do this because I was working full time, had a family, mortgage. But I was like, we got to do this, man. We got to do every single game. And yeah, we just started doing every single game from then until now. The first time they filmed was a home game against Tottenham in October 2012. Robbie and Tao had fun and kept going, asking fans questions before and after games. Some fans didn't want to appear in front of a camera, but some did. And slowly, Arsenal Fan TV started to build up a rapport. At first, the growth of Arsenal Fan TV was steady, but not that fast. And then, the 2013-2014 season started. Arsenal fans had grown very frustrated that summer, because they wanted their club to sign some big names. But Arsenal was very cautious and hesitant on the transfer market. 
Then Arsenal lost the first game of the season, a home game against Aston Villa. After the game, a man named Chris Hudson stepped up to Robbie's mic for what would become one of the most famous rants in the history of the Premier League. Chris Hudson took shots at people like Arsene Wenger, the manager at the time, Ivan Gazidis, who was a director at Arsenal, and Tim Payton of the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Here's the rant. What you saw there was the result of total incompetence by the board and the manager. And it couldn't have gone any worse. They've had 90 days to buy players. We've lost five players in one day. And due to their incompetence, there's a very good uh, chance for all that hard work we did trying to get fourth, it could blow it Wednesday night. And I'll tell you something, one of them, if not both of them, have got to go. And I've got a message to Tim Payton and John Cross and all you media lovies, get off your ass and start saying it as it is. And a message to the board, either fucking shape up or get out, because you've let all the fans down. You should be ashamed of yourself, Gazidis. Now listen, um, I know you. I know you're talking from the heart, and I, I can let, I can fully understand everything. I'm telling you, mate, you can't have 180 million pound in the bank, and you're playing Cazula, who's just got off the plane from Ecuador, and people are booing him because he's made a mistake. The reason he made the mistake, he shouldn't have been on the pitch in the first place, because he's knackered. What is going on at this club? You've taken the pride out of it, Gazidis. And, what, and, and talking about that, you know, we've got that game during the week now and lots you, of injuries there, no players in, what are we going to do? Due to their incompetence, they will not be able to field a team adequately on Wednesday night. And if they go out or lose 2 or 3-0, I expect you, Wenger, and you, Gazidis, to end your resignation in. And Tim Payton, you can resign from the AST for speaking bollocks all summer. I've had a fucking enough. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. A lot of clips Robbie shot that day went viral, but this rant really blew up. Robbie still clearly remembers that day. I remember Chris coming up on the day and, you know, I didn't know who he was until until after that. And I remember he came up and he was saying to me, he goes, oh, I've got something to say, but you guys probably won't put it out. And I said, yeah, we will. I go, we're here to put out the opinions of fans. So it was that really sort of a fan directly saying how he felt that you never really, even though we've been doing it for a couple of years, but a lot of people have never really seen it before like that, where a fan could openly speak his mind and be critical of some of the things that he'd seen going on around the club. You know, he really said it from the heart and he touched every nerve. And, he, he, you know, you just what you saw there was a frustrated football fan who was just letting out his frustrations. That's, you know, you could see that that's a person who loves his club so much 
that he's frustrated with what's happening. And he's like, he's just, he said it and he goes, I've had enough. I've had enough. And he captured how everybody felt at that time because we'd all had enough, you know what I mean? All summer. And I remember the week after that, Arsenal went out and bought a load of players, you know what I mean? So they obviously, not just because of that video, but they obviously realised the frustrations of the fans as well. But that, what he said in there, I've had enough. And I think that weren't just that video. There was quite a few videos that day that went viral. Mm. And um, yeah, it was incredible. I woke up the next morning and newspapers were getting in contact with me, radio stations. I'm like, what? And that's when I was like, wow, this is, this is massive. This is, it was incredible. It, as far as profile was concerned, it just raised our profile a lot in that one instance. Arsenal fan TV grew and grew, but not all Arsenal fans were happy with it. Some said they were profiting from the club's downfall because it were mostly the rants after losses that went viral. Like this legendary rant by Arsenal fan Troops after the club lost 5-1 at Bayern Munich. Troops was aiming shots at Arsene Wenger. Arsenal fan TV, Troops, um, really disappointing tonight. I mean, as I said earlier, I'm trying to... People have been saying to me, Robbie, too much negativity from fan interviews recently, but I'm saying to them, all we're doing is reflecting the mood of how fans feel. And it's hard to be... To have anything positive to say about that today? You see earlier, yeah, when we was in the fucking bar, yeah, a man come up to me and said, "I'm making the, I'm making the, 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 the club poisonous, yeah." I'm not making it poisonous. This fucking fraud is making it poisonous, yeah. Ten two on aggregate in two years, blood. Ten two, blood, yeah. We moved to Emirates to compete with this. You call that competing? We can't ever compete with fucking Leicester, let alone fucking Bayern Munich, blood. It's a fucking joke. I've had enough of this shit, blood. All right, I'll cut off the rant here, you get the vibe. So, Robbie sometimes gets negative reactions from people saying he's profiting from negativity around the club. I asked Robbie about the criticism. Here's Robbie on the criticism he gets. Yeah, I mean, Sam, right, we, 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 I, I hear ridiculous things. One of those pushed at us all the time is that, oh, I bet you hope you lose because you'll do better. And I think to myself, it's the most ridiculous thing. If we, let's just say, for instance, right, we had a season, like this season, we've lost our first three games. It's been a poor start to the season. Every Arsenal fan's hurt him. But let's just say we had a season where we lost nearly every game. And that would mean that we get relegated to the championship. Do you think that would benefit us being in the championship? Do you think it benefits us not being in Europe this season? not being in the Champions League, what do you think would be better? Us having a loss against, I don't know, Norwich or us playing PSG next week weekend with Messi and stuff like that and all the, all the hype that's around that game. And what people don't understand is that when you lose a game, you know, if it's a bad loss, you may get immediate people jumping on and something immediately goes viral, but it quickly fades. Whereas if when you win, when you have big wins, and this is what we find um, here on AFTV, so if you have a big win against Manchester United or a big win against Tottenham or Chelsea, as well as you do huge views on the day, it carries on because that feel-good factor stays with the team. So you, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week, you'll still be talking about it. You can still create loads of content around it until you get to the next game. About my who? About my what? About my blood client! My fucking brother. Let me tell man something now, yeah? We battered the fuck out of them, blood, yeah? The whole fucking game, blood. Harry Kane, Harry Kane, who, blood? 
Whereas you get that effect when you lose a game where immediately after the game, everyone's talking about it. Oh, it's terrible to that. But after like a day or so, you're like, I don't want to hear nothing else about it. I've turned it off, man. Please, I don't want to. I'm so fed up of hearing about this loss. I call it the match of the day effect over here in the UK. And when Arsenal lose and you hear a lot of Arsenal fans say, oh, well, I'm not watching match of the day tonight because we lost. You know what I mean? So, you know, so that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It, when you have a big win, those are the best things. Big wins, big moments. You know, our biggest ever views um, over the past couple of seasons have been when we won the FA Cup. So it, it, a lot of ridiculous things get thrown at us. And I find it very unfair sometimes because it doesn't get thrown at other people. Hmm. Nobody complains at some other media companies and radio stations and that, that really milk it when teams lose. You know, um, but they'll have a go at us. But I've learned to, uh, you have to be able to accept criticism and you have to, some criticism you have to respond to. Some stuff is so ridiculous. You just say, well, if that's how somebody feels, you leave it. Apart from the interviews with fans, Robbie has also moved on to bigger, more serious issues in football. He made a documentary called Robbie Lyle, Football Fans Under Their Skin, about racism among football fans. I've seen it and it's a very powerful, important documentary. You see, racism in football is often seen when players are the victims. And that's awful. But for fans, players seem so distant nowadays, so alien. They seem to live in another world. So it can be difficult to imagine walking in their shoes. In this documentary, much like his YouTube channel, Robbie focuses on the experiences of fans who are racially abused. Here's a story Renee Cariol tells in the documentary. René is now a middle-aged man and his story takes place when he was a kid and his father took him to a game at Chelsea. It was just abject, full-on, frontal racism. When I went with my dad, the only thing they noticed was that we were black. Dad was going to take me to Chelsea. I don't think I slept for weeks waiting for this. Mum had got me the blue and white Bobble hat, scarf, the rattle. So we set off. We're walking up to the ground. The place was teeming. People outside the ground singing, clapping. And I was holding my dad's hand, coming in. But whereas I was really excited to be there, the fans weren't that excited that we were there. My dad was ultra polite. And now when I look back, ultra subservient. He'd move out the way for everyone. He was used to letting everyone go ahead of him. But I don't think even he was prepared for the sort of abuse he was going to receive this day. Game started, songs, chanting, calling my dad names. He never said a word. He has hands, one hand in his pocket, one hand holding my hand. It was incessant. He didn't turn around, he didn't respond, he just stood there. And the bit that I know that got to him more than anything else was people just spat on him. Dad had jet black hair, and it was all over my dad's hair, the side of his face, all over his coat. I just remember leaving and he took out his, his white hanky and wiped everything off him. We left at half time, held his hand, we went home, never ever to set foot in a football ground again.
Sorry. The documentary is about 50 minutes long and goes in depth about the problem of racism in football nowadays. Robbie doesn't agree with the way the UEFA and FIFA handle racism in football. Things have gotten better over the last couple of decades, but racism is still very much a problem in football. Here's Robbie. Listening to that Chelsea fan in the documentary brought me to tears in that, you know what I mean? And, you know, it was, was, I was really proud of that um, documentary. I don't personally feel that UEFA, FIFA, they don't take racism seriously. I'm sorry, that's how I feel, you know what I mean? Putting on a few badges, holding up a few flags, a couple of games behind closed doors and fines makes no difference to these type of people, right? We saw that Hungry game, the whole section behind the goal, all dressed in black. They know what they've come for, right? Deal with it. Let the country or let the club deal with it. If they can't get their house in order, you're not in our competition. You're saying our competition is all about fairness, equality, no discrimination. Why are you letting people come in who are repeat offenders? Get them out. In football, we don't take it serious. And that's why we still keep hearing about racism over and over again. And and, and even me, I still get it. You know, I get little racial slurs, you know, even for what I'm doing on AFTV. There's little racial undertones to a lot of the things. You know what I mean? I see it all the time. And, you know, I've been around long enough to know what it is. You know, there's a lot of people who don't really want to see a black guy like me talking about football that's how some people some it's a tiny minority it's not all but that's how some people um feel but my message to them is that the game has changed and now this is a game for everybody and what i like um even at the moment what i'm seeing with the england football team you see them taking the knee and they said you know we're taking the knee not as a political gesture but just as a solidarity to show that we are against racism But you still have certain fans, even though the managers come out and said it, even though the players have come out and said the reasons why, you still have people booing them. Are we really seriously in the next 10 years still going to be talking about people making monkey noises and throwing bananas on a pitch? Are we still seriously going to be talking about? I mean, the way things are going, we will be. Hmm. But how? What what have we learned? Have we learned nothing? So, you know, I really, you know, I really want to see a change. And it is changing. As I said, it's a lot better than what it used to be, but it has been rearing its ugly head again recently and we really got to do something about it. And as I said, it's worse for fans because you're there, you're there in the crowd and you get in the full brunt of it. I think Robbie has a point. Back to AFTV. Over the last couple of years, AFTV grew and grew. Robbie helped a lot of the guys who featured on his channel to set up their own YouTube channels as well. And he invested a lot of the money he earned with AFTV into further developing the channel. They now have a studio in London and about 15 people working for the company. Robbie also set up a separate channel called Don Robbie about football in general, not just Arsenal. I read in the comments section somewhere that Robbie has made a boatload of money with his videos. So I asked him about it. I read in the comment section that you're a billionaire uh, already. That, that was nice uh, to read. <laughs> if I was a billionaire, I'd be trying to buy Arsenal. I'll tell you that. You know what I mean? I, I see all these stuff. But what I always say to people, you know, um, everything I make, I put back into what I'm doing. We built a studio and equipped it out with a, because that was always a problem we've had in the past is like having somewhere to film because I'm trying to build something for the future. Listen, I, I always say to people, man, I've come from no money. Yeah, my parents come to this country with, with nil. 
right? And if you used to go and see where where they came from in Jamaica, you know, there my mum had thirteen, there were thirteen kids in her family in one little two room house, and in my dad's family it was eight kids in, a, in, a, in even a worse house, right? And they came to this country with nothing. We grew up just a working class family. And, you know, me and my brothers, we've worked hard for what, we, we, what we've done. And, you know, when I first was doing AFTV, I had no money. I was just like working my job as a surveyor. I, I didn't even own a car when I was doing the, started first doing the channel. It's not about money, money, money for me. It's about building something that's going to stand up in the future. My daughter's just started working for me. To me, that's a great moment. That's what it's all about for me. It's not just about this, oh, millionaire, billionaire. But if I'm a billionaire, though, I will try and buy Arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) If I make it to that level, I'll put in a bid in. I want Arsenal. (laughs) What's the first thing you'd do if you were the owner of Arsenal? I'd be trying to bid for um, Mbappe or somebody like that. (laughs) You know, oh man, I'll tell you this, this, you know, the thing is about Arsenal is such a huge club. And that's another great thing I've been able to do with this is go around the world of Arsenal. And the fan base of Arsenal is unreal, absolutely unreal. And I'm not sure at the moment if the owners are doing that justice. I don't think they understand sometimes what they have and how big it is. This is a huge club. We should be having players like Mbappe playing for us. We should be, just like Man United are able to go and get Ronaldo, we should be able to get these these type of players because this is a huge, huge club. You know what I mean? 60,000 fans there every week. If you go away with Arsenal, you can't get a ticket. You can't get a ticket to watch Arsenal at home. You can't get a ticket to watch Arsenal away. The waiting list is like about 10 years long. Come on, this, you know, I just want these owners to just understand what they've got in their hand and just really start operating like a, you know, like a big club. I just, sometimes I just feel like they're too distant and they really need to try and connect with the fans because they've got a great club and a great fan base. But I I don't think they, I don't think they get it. I don't think they understand it. One of my personal projects that I want to do um, and that we're working on at the moment is I want to go and do something in Africa. I speak to so many football fans from Africa and they absolutely love the Premier League, they love it. I don't, the clubs don't really go over there a lot. And I want to go over there. I want to go over there and do something and speak to some of those fans. And I think that's one of my next projects that I'm looking to do. Um, so, you know, because Africa, the, the, the fans over there are amazing. I think that's a great idea. It's been quite the ride for Robbie so far since he got the idea for Arsenal Fan TV while working as a building surveyor. Nowadays, he's even often asked to come talk at schools to inspire kids and tell them about setting up their own media company. I've spoken before at Eton College, which was, that was crazy. You know, I remember when they called me, I thought it was a prank. (laughs) You know, I, I really enjoy doing that. I really enjoy going out and speaking with kids and talking to them about, you know, social media and talking to them about football. And, and yeah, there's just been so many incredible things. You know, some of the people I've met, I'm like, wow, I, I never thought I'd meet these people. You know, my hero, Ian Wright, is like a friend now. You know, I've met guys like Thierry Henry and so many huge footballers and people in the football world and, and beyond, you know. So it's really been a blessing. You know, and it really just shows that sometimes it can be bigger than even you think. You know, you're, you're, I was just thinking like just a channel for Arsenal fans, you know. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic journey. It really has. And um, I've been really grateful for it. Ah, that's great, man. Thanks a lot. Is there something I didn't ask about regarding AFTV that you think that that definitely has to be in there as well? Uh, oh, I can't remember. You, you asked a lot of good questions. So cool. <laughs> Loved right. it. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. Thanks again, man. No worries. Keep up. I, I like I like four three three as well. So keep up the good work with that, man. This is a really good um, platform. I like it. There you have it. The story of Robbie Lau and Arsenal Fan TV. Robbie became a massive sports fan as a kid because of his father and brothers. He became an Arsenal fan after his cousin took him to a game. But before AFTV, Robbie broke through as a reggae artist, touring the world as Crucial Robbie, singing his hit song Proud To Be Black. He then did all kinds of jobs and hustles, even running a nightclub for a while, before he got the idea for AFTV while working as a building surveyor. Rants from guys like Chris Hudson and Troops blew up his channel, and Robbie managed to build a media company out of it even producing important documentaries on social issues. I'm impressed by Robbie's work ethic and his perspective on life. To me, it seems like Robbie always stayed true to his background. And I'm curious to see where his adventurous spirit will take him next. I want to thank Robbie Lau for taking the time for this interview. Subscribe to this podcast to never miss an episode. My name is Sam van Thank you for listening and on to the next story in the home of football. Not sniff the coat, what's going on? Not touch, one sniff, two sniff, three sniff, four sniff. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.